panicked. Yeah, oh, he is. He is panicked. stuff going on out here. Let's hear. I'm thinking there's some pinata stuff going on next door. Lots of mirth and mayhem. In the meantime, I'm brewing up some ozonated water. I made some pasta. I made some pasta. By the way, the opening to today's program is courtesy of Man Behind the Machine. Thank you. Ugh. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> 
love his too much. was awesome thank you so much i can't thank you enough for that awesome we live on a planet theme song i can't wait to play it on my on my station today thank you for taking time to do that thank you for taking time to come on over and like the station uh man i am stoked up i'm fired up and uh i'm just very appreciative and very grateful right now so thanks so much for taking the time and doing that it was groovy i loved it all right man have a great one I look forward to seeing what you have on your podcast and what you have to offer this anchor community. Thanks again, my friend. Peace. Good day, everybody. This is, in fact, Inspirato Projecto Podcast. You heard a great promo from Man Behind the Machine. Also, some extraordinary, uncontrollable laughter by Mr. John Garside himself from Forgotten Tales. And also, a really, really cool thank you from We Live on a Planet podcast. I had left a theme song for those guys, and they were really cool with uh, sending me a little thank you. Those things are never expected. They are always appreciated. And every single one... I make sure to include them in the podcast. Go check out We Live on a Planet. These podcasts that I've been leaving theme songs for, they, they all have something in common, which is authenticity, genuinity. They're passionate about what they're doing 
being who they are, following their passions and their excitements and their joy, and putting it out there for the world, enabling others to make then make a decision as to whether they want to follow their own calling. It's always great when that is advertised. My dream would be if that were advertised more than any other media out there in the world, any other, any other news outlets, if following your calling, following your highest joys and excitements were, were promoted, marketed, and I'm not talking about some, some, some clever slogan on a Pepsi ad or a Nike, Nike shirt. I'm talking about something that's not sponsored by a big company, something that's full-on sponsored by people who are out there truly, truly creating stuff with or without the parachute of financial stability, so to speak, with or without driving an expensive car, with or without walking in expensive shoes, so to speak. Um, talking those folks who do the best that they can with whatever they got, valuing whatever they got, so much so that they have just got to share that excitement with others. It's funny. There are people out there buying subscriptions to seeing Big Brother on the internet, watching what's going on behind the scenes, 24 hours a day, watching other people's lives. Twitch, what's Twitch? Twitch is a website where people play video games and you watch them play video games or do anything, cook for that matter. There's something comforting. Listening to someone else's life experience that is unlike our own and like our own. If it's unlike our own, we inevitably end up finding the commonalities in their reality experience that we experience as well anyway. If it is straight out of the gate like our own, then we can go, holy moly, this is awesome. This person is operating on a similar frequency that I am. We're plugged in. We are those... We're like those philosophers just daydreaming under the palm trees on the island. Just daydreaming, thinking about our connection with the universe. And bam... Now we get to experience this. It's the unknown circumstances. It's that the surprise, those little surprise morsels and giblets that the universe gifts us that are hiding out there in the branches of the trees that are bouncing around from flower to flower that are swooping along and morphing into various shapes and creatures in the sky and the clouds those 
those are the number one the cheapest thrills the synchronicities the deja vus John Garside from Forgotten Tales if you're listening to this Go, it, send him a message. Go to Forgotten Tales and send him a message and say, John, please do a podcast about your grandmother who is named by the chief, the oldest man in the world. And all of the connections between that. It deserves to be a multi-part podcast. I'm telling you, story upon story upon story, a fractal. One of those Russian dolls, you open it up, whoop, there's another. Open it up, whoop, there's another. And they're all connected with astounding, astounding, mind-exploding revelations. If these were things that you wrote down in a movie, people go, oh, that would never happen. At least those who are not plugged in would say that. Those who are plugged in, they'd say, oh, yeah, that stuff happens all the time. <laughs> that stuff happens all the time. It happens to me, happens to my neighbors, and heck, I'm listening to this right now, and it's exciting the hell out of me. I'm going to, I'm going to tell my story. This Forgotten Tales episode about this ex- these extraordinary connections, extraordinary Everybody wants a good story. That's why we go to the movies. That's why we're listening to the songs. That's why we're reading our books of poetry. We're watching our television. There's a, a story that we want to see. That's why we're watching our reality television. That's why we're watching our cooking shows. That's why we're watching watching the uh, Let's Build a, a Treehouse shows. Watching that process. It's so funny. We love watching the process of something. And yet, many of those same folks are, many of us who are watching that process are the same folks who are afraid of creating our own thing because we want it to be absolutely perfect. I gotta ask you this. Is that man building the tree houses? Was that tree house perfect at the beginning of the show? Was it already built at the beginning of the show? If it was, end the show. 30 seconds, over. Roll the opening credits. Hey, look, we built this tree house. Roll the ending credits. There you go. There's the show. This episode sponsored by Trees. <laughs> this episode sponsored by Hammers, Nails. <laughs> this episode sponsored by, you know, what? The sky and the man standing in front of the treehouse he built. No, it is not that. It's a half an hour of us watching a person who is so fully immersed in their passions, so fully immersed in their excitement, so fully immersed in the puzzle of the whole thing, of putting the pieces together, and we see what struggles these guys go through. Uh-oh, this, this you know, two-ton bracket that they, they nailed into the tree, it, it somehow came loose. Nearly crushed a guy. Whoa! That's part of the process. I don't once hear those people complaining about that process. Or maybe I'm just not looking for it. Man. 
Life is such a magical place. And to those who are depressed, say no <laughs> to it. Say, no, I'm not going to be depressed today. No, I'm going to choose something different. Nope. I value this reality experience too much to be carrying around this dark cloud. I was just watching a piece on someone who follows, or rather just has been liking the Insprout or Projecto Instagram photos. I decided, hey, what the heck's this guy about? I checked out his page. He's got a podcast, and he was talking with some guy who says depression is more common than anybody thinks. There are one in one in five people, or yeah, one in five people, chances are have depression. And he goes, it's not as uncommon as you think. So you might be one of those people. You might be one of those folks who's carrying around this dark cloud. Well, guess what? You're in the driver's seat. You're in the driver's seat. And you are the author. You are the weaver. You are the storyteller of your reality experience. Here's a fun little trick. If you're depressed, you could say, if I were to write out this story of being depressed, is it one that I'd want to read? No. Change the story. Try it. But it's not that easy. Well, have you tried? I'm not saying it's that easy. I'm just asking you if you tried. Try it. It might be that easy. Lately, I, you know, I say yes to a lot of stuff. I say yes to a whole lot of stuff. I feel if someone is genuinely inspired in the, uh, by this idea, hey, Kurt, want to go do this crazy thing? Like the Wizard of L.A. putting out his Instagram. Check out that Wizard of L.A. Wizard of L.A. podcast if you'd like. It's in my... My, uh, my archive. Wizard of L.A. An adventure happened with those guys. In Union Station, I said yes to this thing. I discovered something. Astounding. So I say yes to a lot of stuff. I say yes to editing something. I say yes to making a song for something. I say yes to utilizing my passions. I say yes to these things. And then sometimes I find myself starting to get you know, worried, it's feeling myself backed into a corner, feeling the stress of it all, feeling the anxiety, oh, feeling the worry, oh, no, the world is falling. And then I go, hold on a second. Number one, I said yes to it, so I got to take responsibility. Number two, I truly have a choice as to how I want to define this, these situations right now. The thing that I'm feeling anxiety about is the unknown. Is the, oh gosh, I don't know how long this is going to take. I think that's what it is. That feeling of going, I don't know how long this is going to take. Oh my gosh, this is going to take forever. 
Well, then why did I say yes to it? Saying yes is saying yes to the unexpected length of time it takes to make something. And added to that fact, as the phrase goes, time flies when you're having fun. Time flies when you're having fun, so find the fun in what you're creating. I promise you, when you find the fun in, and the interest in what you're doing, the time flies. It's not It's not a beast. It doesn't have to be a beast, a big creature, monster you got to battle. The beautiful thing is that's just in the imagination. So then the imagination, we just shrink it down. Shrink it down. And now it's a little kid who's just crying for attention. Please hug me, please. I just want to have fun. I just want to play. Oh, you just want to play? All right, well, let's just play. Let's get right into editing that thing then. Let's do it. Let's try it. It's just using a different tactic is all. And if there are pills involved, well... I'd say start looking up on the internet what are great alternatives to taking pills for this this stuff. Taking the pills can always be something that we we have the uh, luxury of using as a crutch, as a as a uh, as a mechanism to blame something else for our actions and our decisions. Why well, I, I I didn't. You know, that wasn't me, that was the pills talking. I made the mistake of taking Adderall before. I turned into a mean guy. I used to have a friend who took Adderall all the time, and it I didn't make the connection in my brain as to why he, he acted like an asshole so much. Finally, it clicked, and I go, okay, this is... I'm just, this is, I, I don't have to put up with this, so see you later. Just not hanging out with you. Don't feel guilty if you walk away from a situation where it's toxic and it's a parasite and it's bringing you down. You you have the right to be happy. Did you know that? They probably didn't tell you that when you were born. You have the right to be happy. <laughs> I'm telling you now, if it hasn't been said. I'm giving you that permission slip. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm knighting you. I'm I'm knighting you. You have that permission. Your reality experience is your reality experience. As my Uncle Arnie would always say, and he got it from someone else, but I always attribute it to Uncle Arnie, because why not? Wherever you go, there you are. So, if you're the only one who has to spend time with you all day, day in, day in, out, what are some things that we can do to improve our relationship with ourselves? Excitement. What's the closest exciting thing? What's the most exciting thing you can imagine doing right now? That, you, that, that you're able to do. That you have the ability to do. Then do it. Go in that, go in that direction. See what happens. See where it leads you. And I'm talking about no you you're not allowed to bring the analysis or the criticism with you. Don't you can't the critics, the naysayers, the killjoys, those guys 
Put them outside the door, close the door. Sorry, you're not allowed. You're not allowed right now. Sorry, no. Mm-mm, not allowed. We're too busy having fun here. I'm gifting myself this present moment with something I want to do because I want to do it without justification, without without apologies, without explanation. I'm doing it. Here it is. There it is. There it is. All of the great stuff comes from unapology. You can hear it in the songs. You can feel it in the TV shows. You can feel it in the movies. When something is forced, you can definitely tell that. There's a vastly different spirit between that and inspired creativity, inspired excitement. So, having said that, I'm going to read from this fun idea book. Let's see. This is something I wrote down. Uh, Can a foreign country buy the rights to remake an American classic? What if they only made remakes and featured their favorite stars in them? These Indian stars become celebrities in America and then are used in American cinema. Fans of their work investigate their other movies. Well, you know what's so interesting? I wrote this down. I think I saw this before. I'm trying to think when that Millionaire, uh, the uh, Danny Boyle movie, uh, Millionaire, uh, Slumdog Millionaire. I'm trying to think when that came out. If I was inspired by that movie or if I was, if I wrote this down and then that movie came out. It's funny. I wrote that down, and yet I've seen... Yeah, for instance, can a foreign country remake Star Wars? I've seen them do stuff with Spider-Man. They got Japanese Spider-Man, who has a robot. I did a song. I did the Spider-Man cartoon theme song, and then I spliced it together with Japanese Spider-Man footage I made a music video if you get a chance check that out on YouTube it's fun it's a fun one uh oh here we go here's something I wrote on triple eyes triple eyes t-r-i-p-l-e-y-e-s well that's like having a third eye isn't it triple eyes what is the most efficient exalting and ideal idea we as humans can talk about experiences and questions about how to best connect with one another gleaming wisdom from those who have ventured out well that's interesting I just now read this and I talked about it earlier putting on the trial yeah that's a Franz Kafka book which then was written into a play I was in that play with Lawrence August my songwriting collaborator 
Katie Cassis, Sebastian Howley, Jimmy Byron. Check out Jimmy Byron's music. I got to put his music on this podcast sometime. The Jimmy Byron Trio. Jimmy Byron, phenomenal, phenomenal musician. I just love watching people evolve through their process and just love their process. It's just exciting if you haven't figured that out yet. We put on the trial back at College DuPage. College DuPage is where the Belushi brothers went to school, actually. A community college in Illinois, Glen Ellen. John Belushi, Jim Belushi, they went there. We were taught by Craig Berger. And uh, there's a guy named Matt. Matt, I'll figure out his name later. He ended up going on to Heroes, being the exploding man. The guy who thought he was going to explode. Matt, Matt, Matthew, Matthew. You'll know who I am. I was in a play with that guy. Matt, how do I not? It'll come to me. Here's a, so yeah, I would like to put on the trial again. That, That would be phenomenal. Oh, we had such, such a great time. We had audiences planted in the audience. I played six different roles. That was so fun. We had a kabuki theater kind of thing. In kabuki theater, the people dress up in black, all black. Their faces are covered. Everything's covered. So it gives this idea that they're invisible. So we incorporated that into this. So there are these invisible beings helping out Joseph K, the main character, with stuff, and then they ended up turning on him at the end. And so we pull off the hood, and it turns out I was one of those guys. In addition to being... God, I didn't realize that... I mean, I realized the genius at a certain, ex- a certain extent back then... Now I'm realizing even more of a genius, and I wish I could talk to Craig Berger. He unfortunately has passed away a couple of years ago. Craig Berger. He taught us about commitment to the characters. Relationship between characters on stage. Thank you, Craig, for all that you taught us. Here I have a picture. Well, first it says, Step into the new you. Step into the K and E W U. Step, in, step into the new you. And then, and then the subtitle says, Now you know the real you. And what it is. It's a horseshoe. It's in the shape of a U. You walk into it. And you hear chanting throughout it. You, 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 you. Let's see. It says here. Now know, quote, it's your favorite thing, unquote. Quote, it's what you, letter U, always wanted, unquote.
about making offering you things in there that that give you the best version of yourself that allow you to see the best reflections of yourself for you to know that aspect of yourself so you can hold on to that and always take that with you I don't know all the dynamics behind it but it's shaped in a letter U so you enter on the left side you walk through I assume there are lots of different little rooms you walk through you go through and swoops around and then you come back out the other end and you're a changed person because you got to spend time with the best version of you. It says here, we want the audience to dig further. And I spell that F-U-R-T-H-U-R. That is, that is of course inspired and an homage to the bus further. That's how they spelled the bus. Check out Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test by Tom Wolfe. It's all about Ken Kesey and the Merry Pranksters and their crazy trip on their bus called Further. Mm. A movie that never existed. About a movie. A movie about a movie that never existed. Oh, that's good. And it says here, I Libertine-esque. I Libertine... I Libertine... Is an extraordinary... Hoax... That Gene Shepard perpetuated... On the world. Absolutely genius. Absolutely genius. A Christmas Story. If you've ever seen A Christmas Story, Christmas Story, you know, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. A Christmas Story was based on, brewing up some ozonated water here. Christmas Story was based on the stories that the DJ Gene Shepard used to talk about on the air. He would have a nighttime show and he would tell all these crazy stories about growing up. And he wrote some books. And someone decided to cobble those stories into, into a movie. Christmas story. Now the, the narrator, which is the voice, which is supposed to be the older voice of the, of the kid, that's Gene Shepard. He's the one who's narrating it. You can see Gene Shepard standing in line um, when when uh, Ralphie goes in line for Santa. Gene Shepard makes a guest appearance in there. So this is what Gene Shepard did. Gene Shepard, on his show, he would talk about the day people and the night people. The night people were those who listened to his radio show. And so he said the night people, the night people are those who get home from work and their day has just begun. The day people are the people who go to work, they're in their hamster wheel, in their cubicle, they're, 
they're just, they just it's like a TV dinner kind of thing. It's just you know wash, rinse, repeat kind of thing. The nine to fivers who um, have mostly allowed their brains to be conditioned by the 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 corporate world that they're involved in which they you know it uh, it makes total sense when you're spending that much time and that kind of mentality stuck in a cage like a caged chicken it's funny i saw a meme one time that said free range humans they get they they get um a half you know half an hour of lunch every day or something like that and it showed all these people in cubicles so there's the day people and the night people. Night people, they get off work. They might work those nine-to-five jobs. They, they know that there's something more. They're not, they have not resolved to listening to what their news tells them, what their popular media tells them. They're not, they're not, they don't want to be stuck in the matrix. They're, there's something more. Those night people are the ones whose days just begin. They usually stay up till about 3 a.m. So those were his listeners. I had to set that up. So he decided, let's play a prank on the day people. Okay, night people, let's play a prank on the day people. And this is what we're going to do. Let's invent the name of a book. Let's invent the name of the author. Let's invent the premise because he was, he was, he couldn't wrap his mind around how these books get on the New York Times bestsellers lists. Like who, who are the people who are saying what deserves to be on there and what doesn't? Who are those people who put the stamps of approval? So he goes, let's play a trick on these guys. Let's invent this book. And then when, you know, tomorrow or today when the sun comes up, Go out there to your local bookstore and ask for this book. And the name of that book was called I Libertine. I Libertine. Uh, let's see. Let me get let me get the exact name of the author here because it really deserves to be said here. Let's see. I Libertine. Uh, Gene Shepard. All right. Here we go. Here we go. So, the name of the author is Frederick R. Ewing. Here we go. I'll just read it right off of this. Shepard was highly annoyed at the way that the bestseller lists were being compiled in the mid-1950s. These lists were determined not only from sales figures, but also from the number of requests for new and upcoming books at bookstores. Shepard urged his listeners to enter bookstores and ask for a book that did not exist. He fabricated the author, Fabri uh, Frederick R. Ewing, of this imaginary novel, concocted a title, I Libertine, and outlined a basic plot for his listeners to use unskeptical or confused bookstore clerks. Fans of the show eventually took it further, planting references to the book and the author so widely that demand for the book led it to being listed on the New York Times bestseller list. How awesome is that? So these people would enter the bookstores 
something that Gene was saying was that he goes, you know, you'll go in there the first time and the, the store clerk will go, I've never heard of that book. But then when the next person comes in, asks, asks for that book, that person, will, the clerk will go, oh, I have heard of that book, but I, 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 uh, I, but we don't have it. The third person who comes in to asks for that book, the clerk now is like, okay, everybody seems to want this book. I need to put an order in right now. So all these bookstores are putting in the order for I Libertine by Frederick R. Ewing. Putting put putting the putting the orders in, putting the orders in. And he was getting feedback from listeners. <laughs> there was a there was a kid who wrote um, a, a a whole book report about this book. It's so funny. Yeah, he was one of the night people. He was, you know, he he was there for the hoax. So he decided, I'm gonna write, I'm gonna write a, a book, you know, book report about this. And his teacher gave him an A plus and said, wonderful bibliography, wonderful bibliography. Well, the student, of course, made up the bibliography. How often are these? teachers ever checked the bibliographies anyway i guess in this day and age you can just look on the internet so he was also getting reports in that um some woman at her book club she mentioned to them oh have any of you read i libertine now at this point um it had already been out there in the news. People were like, I Libertine, I Libertine. I got to read this book. Oh my gosh, it's so popular. It's sold out everywhere. I can't seem to get a hold of it. So everybody wanted to be hip to this. It's kind of like um, I came across uh, in a suggested video on YouTube one time. It was a Jimmy Kimmel questionnaire thing. This reminds me of this, where it was after some big festival and people were going around asking people if they had heard of this particular band or that particular band. Well, all these bands were just made up. Oh, so did you have did you get a chance to see Johnny and the Watermelons today? People are like, oh yeah, it was great. It was great. So do you like their older stuff or newer stuff better? Oh, I prefer their old stuff. I I just I've been a long time Johnny and Watermelons fan for, for you know for the forever. He was making up this stuff. So you know there's that ego thing uh that that falls into place. So a lot of people were going so at this book club, you know, they're like, oh, did you read I Libertine yet? Oh, of course I have. I love it. Oh, it's great. It's such a good read. You know, and then the other lady in the book club would pipe in. Oh, me too. Me too. I'm, I'm reading through it too. And uh, so people were, you know, insisting that they read it or that they were, you know, big fans of it, et cetera, et cetera. Until one day... Oh, and it, so it reaches the bestseller list. There it is. Reaches the bestseller list. Proving Gene Shepard's point. Beautiful. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. The, I just want to take a side note here. Um, this is what happens when you believe in a dream. This is, this is exactly what happens when you believe in a dream. Many folks are... are, are they got the default mode, and it's not their fault. They're, they've been taught it. The default mode of saying no. Right, straight out of the gate. No. No. Oh, I got an idea. Wouldn't it be funny? Oh my gosh, you know, wouldn't it be so funny if like like a Godzilla creature pops out at the end of the movie and then people are like, holy cow, 
holy cow, he's wearing Ray-Bans. <laughs> I don't know. And then the person's like, uh, no, no, mm -mm, no. Why not just say yes? Yeah, what the hell? Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, of course. Let's do it. And uh, let's let's put a let's put a Groucho Marx mustache on him too while we're at it. Oh yeah, I love it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Ooh, let's dress him up in a three-piece suit. Yeah. So he pops up out of the water at the end. He's got his his Ray Bans. He's got his Groucho Marx mustache, and he's wearing a three-piece suit. I love it. Just build it. Just build it. So this is what happens when you believe in a dream. Any dream can be made a reality, folks. It just depends on how much energy, how much excitement is put into this thing. And guess what? These dreams come about whether we like it or not. Isn't that the interesting thing? Even if we ourselves don't believe in our own, our, our own ideas, our own uh, uh, songs that we're creating, our own ideas for movies, someone else out there is going to make it. it that's, that's the funny thing. That's the funny thing. You've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. Hence this podcast. That's why this podcast exists. That's why it's funny when I'm reading through these idea books and I'm seeing things that I had ideas for characters, ideas for premises, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and they have come to pass out there in the world. Am I saying that I was responsible for, for making that happen? Well, I participated in it. I, I, I liked the idea enough that I wrote it down. I helped bring it to life. The, the idea gave me the opportunity it was knocking on, it was going, hey, 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 you going to answer the door? Oh, hi, how you doing? Yeah, come on in. The idea, the, the ideas, it's, it, they're excited. The little kid, it's, little kids are excited. You know, they want to be noticed, anybody, they want to be noticed, they want to be recognized. That's it. And... As that evolves, as you get more people believing in the dream, keeps coming about. Think about this. Every movie starts with an idea in someone's brain. Anything. It all starts with thoughts. How much attention do we want to pay to those thoughts? How much reverence do we want to give them? How much excitement? How bad, how excited are we to see them come to fruition, you know? So it's up to us, basically, to bring those things to life. When we got plenty of examples like this of it happening out there in the world, it's kind of odd to try to make ourselves unsee it. As it's been said, you cannot unsee something. As Dave Uchansky says, once you ring the bell, you cannot unring it. So why, why do we try to unsee a great idea that we have for something. Why is that? Very interesting. It's not our fault, right? We'll just blame it on our upbringing. But we do have that choice. We each individually have that choice. So, what happened was, back to the story of I Libertine, some journalist got a hold of Gene Shepard and he goes, hey man, I... I've been quiet about this the whole time. You know, I think like six months had passed or something. Imagine that. So he goes, I know, I know the story of this. He goes, can I interview you? But I think it's time for you to kind of reveal that this was a hoax now. And so Gene Shepard said, all right. 
And then guess what happened? It actually became a book. It actually became a real-life book. Talk about manifesting things in a reality. So, well, now, now it's, it's very expensive, this book. So my dream is to make this into... First of all, to make I, Libertine itself, the book, into a movie. It was originally planned as a trilogy. So, I would love to make that book into a movie. And then make the movie about how that book came to be. Or maybe I do the other one first, the other one second. Who knows? Or both simultaneously. That could happen too. That's just such an amazing, amazing story. I frequently like to think about, I mean, how, I mean, how, how crazy is that? The dream of it becoming an actual true life New York Times bestseller, it actually became that. Twice, so to speak. Once, without the physical book in their hand, and then, and then the next time with it actually being a physical book. And uh, let's see, who, who are the authors who put it together? So the funny thing is they put Gene Shepard's face on the face of the guy. It was uh, published by Ballantine Books. So Theodore Sturgeon was the sort of the ghostwriter. Frank Kelly Fries is the cover artist. I wonder if he's still alive. Oh. He died in 2005. I'd love to interview that guy. I think Theodore Sturgeon is dead too, huh? 1985. Science fiction writer. I'd frequently come up with the, uh, have thought through the years of this analogy of something called the thought cloud. So there are these thought clouds floating, floating, and when we got this idea, there's the thought, there's that thought cloud that goes, and it's floating over our heads, and it's going, I'm here, I'm here. Do you want to use me? Do you want to use me? Do you want to use me? And then you could say yes to it, and you go, yeah, let's do something. Um, and if you start utilizing it, it'll stick around. Then you get to have the credit for discovering that thought cloud, so to speak. Otherwise, it just keeps floating. It keeps floating. It's like, oh, okay, all right, I'll go, I'll go to where I'm appreciated. I know there's value in what I've got here. Someone, someone's going to say yes. And the thought cloud moves. What I've noticed is if we talk too much about it out loud, this is why I don't like to talk about my ideas, uh, or I, I didn't. I still don't necessarily like to talk about my ideas in restaurants and stuff like that. Which is funny. Here I am, a complete hypocrite. Here I'm talking on a podcast to who knows how many people could hear it. Even if someone does something with any of these ideas that I've said in this podcast, the fun thing is it's documented. It's right here. It's right here. If that person so feels to collaborate with me on expanding that idea further... That's awesome. 
that would be preferred. Uh, we, you know, we're, we're built for cooperation. We're built for collaboration. It's just the natural default setting mode of, of everything we know. Clouds serve a purpose. They rain down on the plants. The plants then breathe out their oxygen. We breathe it in. We breathe out carbon dioxide. The plants breathe that in. They continue to grow. The plants they grow into trees, the trees, they grow the apples, the apples, they fall from the trees, the people, they eat the apples. Everyone's responsible for feeding everyone else, if we put it that way. Whether we like it, we're all intertwined with everybody else on the globe. We urinate, it goes out there, possibly into the ocean, I don't know where all that waste goes. That stuff, precipitation, goes up into the sky, becomes clouds, rains down on China, feeds their plants. They eat those plants. We're, e we're eating food that was financed by the urine of Russians, Czechoslovakians, Tasmanians, Zimbabweans, Sri Lankians, Nebraskians. Icelanders, etc., etc., and so forth, and so forth. Oh my God. We couldn't escape the connection if we tried. God, it's just such an astounding thing. Such an astounding thing. I think I'm going to play a little riff right here. That's going to be the next segment. Hi, it's Mickey Dolans here. You're listening to Inspirato Projecto.